Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature. and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the Internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And... Had a little temporary guest with me. A little temporary guest. Yeah, right. We've been bit. on behind the microphone a few times. This is my brother times. from another mother, Jim Chapman. What up, what up? My co-host of Bloody Angola. And y'all, it's Thanksgiving week. And right? So yes. Happy Thanksgiving, Jim. Happy Thanksgiving, right? brother. And then um I want to tell y'all I'm so appreciated for each and every one of you lifers. Uh, Patreon members, convicts, Apple subscribers, but even if you can't do that, then I get it. I love you just as much anyway. It's Thanksgiving week, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Chances are you're probably traveling to grandma's house or somewhere over the hills. And I'm glad I'm not going to be in that shit show. But, That's it. Yeah. Maybe just chilling at home. And, Hopefully and, uh, you're getting to chill at home, right? You know, uh, I know that we pulled down our Christmas trees, you know, the day uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving yeah. every year. That's yeah. just kind of our thing. Yeah. So. The, uh, that's a, that's a big deal. That and always the black Friday shopping, which oh, I never yeah. do. Cause I'm sitting in a deer stand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so y'all, what we're going to do today and, and on, uh, bloody Angola, which is if you've been living under a rock and you don't know, that's right. Is, uh, Gemini's 
podcast we won award uh, winning the, the award winning yes. people's choice podcast this year bloody angola first time nominated first time we won it for the history section best history so, podcast best history in podcast in the world and we did an episode um couple months ago yeah with donald, donald duck, duck sharp duck sharp and, and look we've done bloody angola is so much more than just regular prison stories i mean we have we've told some horrible ones but we told some uplifting ones right and we told about people who are affiliated with angola in one way or another well um uh, donald duck sharp this guy was fire Oh, man, that's just stupid. I don't yeah. think we said two words the whole time. Yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, Donald Duck Sharp is the detective who actually uh, arrested and the— And got confession got, out of Or got the confession out of, rather, uh, from the original Dead Man Walking. If right. you've seen that movie, right. uh, the guy that that, that character was based off it, of. Y'all, you would not believe—I don't, I don't know how— I mean, Hollywood condensed it down to whatever, but you know what? Mm. Let's just go ahead and, and do this. We are going to put this episode with Lieutenant. He was a lieutenant then, and he ended up retiring chief deputy, I think. But the, um, Donald Duck Sharp, and if you think Woody Overton can tell a story, holy shit, you need to listen to this one. And then – Go subscribe to Bloody Angola because look, the, the one we're doing now is, is fire. Every, everything we do is fire. Just some of it is hi, more history and documentary. Some of it is you know about crimes and, and executions, all the way to back to uh, the old newspaper, uh, the, the prison newspaper yeah, magazine, yeah, the Angola Light. Light, and all that. We cover everything from the death penalty cases to whatever. But you, if you like and, and I know y'all do because you're listening. You like real life, real crime, the original. You're going to shit your pants when you hear this episode of Bloody Angola. That's right, right. So I'm having my co-host on. I want to tell y'all a co-host on Jim Chapman. So in case you, you y'all know he's my producer for everything and uh, uh, and partner in Real Life, Real Crime Daily. But this is. I hate to say it's my, they're all my favorite episodes. It's like your kids, man, a, a bloody Angola, but I'm yeah. telling you this day, and he's going to be back. They, they, it also give you all a taste of, um, Donald Duck Sharp. Cause he's mm. coming back on real life, real crime original. And we have, he has so many more stories and, uh, I actually knew him from back in my cop days. And then he made all the rank all the way up and everything. But, some people could tell the story and some people can't. And this dude puts me to shame. So, <laughs> listen to it and we hope y'all enjoy it. And then go subscribe to yeah, yeah, Bloody Angola. Because there's so leave much more on it. Yeah, leave a review. Yeah. The, um, and, and look, Bloody there's a reason we won Best History Podcast in the world. Right? right? Yep. And, and uh, we're just over a year old. Yeah. And, over and, a year. and so the you got, I love it. And a shout out to Thomas Kane uh, for the best the, music ever, the opening theme song. Yeah. And shout out to Chase Tyler for, yep. for my real life, real crime, and the Chase Tyler band, the opening music. But other than that, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy this episode of 
Bloody Angola on Real Life Real Crime. And go subscribe, like, listen, share, tell everybody about it. That's right. You will when you hear this. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Love all y'all. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on. Hey, one last thing. When y'all hear this episode, I want you to comment about it. Right, because we got more comments about this episode probably than anything we've ever done. So go comment about it because people are going to talk when they hear this. But I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. Till next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle Three. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. Complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we got We got the man today. in the room, right? Yes. The legend. Huh? The legend, Donald Duck Sharp. Yep. How about that? How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. We're honored to have you here. Honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming. It really, it really means a lot. And I... We were talking a little bit beforehand and in how important it is to document this. Yes, sir. Right? Because it gets lost in history and, and, That's and right. evil. People were, I think people need to know that, that true evil exists. Absolutely, 100%. And I guess before we really get into anything else, how did you get, well, Donald Duck Sharp? How did right. you, I love the, the little nickname there. That was, uh, some of my cousins gave me that. Yeah. Way back junior high school. And then a lot of people picked up on it. Yeah. Some of them called me Duck Sharp. And eventually a lot of it just kind of faded away. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, that, that's what uh, Willie referred me to as Duck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, tell them where you're from, uh, Mr. 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 Sharp, and how you got into law enforcement, or a little bit about yourself. Uh, <clears throat> I'm from a little area over Barker's Corner, north of Covington, about eight miles. Right. Born and raised right there. 
uh, lived in St. Tammany Parish all my life, and got interested in law enforcement. And for I don't really know what reason, I just did. And a couple friends of mine were talking about it, and we went to some meetings at the sheriff's office one time. They were recruiting junior deputies. Uh So let's go. (laughs) I was 16 years old. Wow. We didn't do anything but do stuff around the office and help and stuff. Sure. I got in that, and when I turned 18, I became a reserve deputy. Yeah. And done that for four years until uh, I decided that, hey, maybe I do want to do this the rest of my right, life. Right, we got uh, the first bu- I had to find bug. out. It's a bug. I drove a truck across country for four years. Yeah, yeah. And then I decided one day, I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. May 14th, 1977, I slipped yeah. into poverty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody does it to get rich. Yeah, that's right. just your right law enforcement profession. <laughs> so the bug bit you. That's, oh, it, yeah. that, that's, it was the same way for me. It wasn't about getting rich or anything. It was, it was the yeah. greatest show on earth, though. Either you loved it or you were one of those cops that were scared. And yeah, you had a ringside seat. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah it was the greatest show on earth. It was there. Right, so 1977. Yeah. And wow. you went full-time. and Full-time. And it, back then, we used to start in the jail. Everybody started Every, in the right, jail. Right. And on the correction side. And when I went up there, was uh, I think I stayed nine months. And Willie and Joe Vaccaro, Willie were doing time then, parish time. Yeah. Not, right. not, not state time, parish time. For, right. His misdemeanor uh, clown acts that he done, you know, nothing that would get you a hard time. Right. Sure. You know, he, anyway. He was one of those frequent flyers. Narcotics. Always, just, always in yeah, trouble. He yeah. was a frequent flyer. Right. And so I went to basic training uh, February 78. Where, where, where was that at back then? Uh, Dow Ripple. Really? Or, uh, Baton Rouge, yeah, or, you yeah. know. Pleasant Hall. Yeah, by that, that's where yeah. I went. Yeah, yeah. Pleasant Hall. That's crazy. That, that yeah, was, it was uh, 20 years. It was an experience. Yeah. That's at LSU, y'all. So yeah. that came back, went back into jail, and my buddy was uh, had started at the same time I did, John Bonnell. John came from Baton Rouge PD. Good guy, good cop. I learned a lot from him. Right. same age. And eventually uh, I got in patrol, that's some, sometimes right after I came back. It was a time to a shift with uh, Sergeant Lewis Wagner and John. And uh, Lewis Wagner was killed in 1978, and John was killed in 1979. Uh-huh. In a narcotics deal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that, that made you think a little bit, you know, right. is this really what I want to do? Right, right. You know, so. But anyway, kind of picked up things and went on. And Always. I went back in the jail for a refresher course, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, the sheriff transferred me back up there. Sheriff George Broom, I worked for three sheriffs. Yeah. I was in the jail, and this time I'm up there working. Uh, Willie and Vicara, Joe Vicara, had transferred from Angola to finish some time that I think he must have owed St. Tammany. I didn't really know. But they were they were both trustees, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Doing that thing. They said, oh, we fix a roll out here for them. We roll out. You know, so eventually they did. They 
They got released. Uh, I work night shift. They got released, and I'm working in the jail. <clears throat> and that's when really started picking up big time. But to back up just a little bit, I knew Willie when he was a kid, when he was a young kid, teenager. Right. He yeah. didn't go to school very long. And he was he was raised with what I call a bunch of hoodlums. Right. You know, in a little, little spot of Covington now where he was born yeah. and raised. And uh, his father was in the penitentiary, right. so he, he didn't have a father. His, his mother uh, was was a good person. She really right. was. She tried right. tried hard. But, right. Hey, it, every parish has one of yeah. those families. There, and, uh, they? Yeah. So anyway, I prior to that, uh, we had stopped Willie a couple of times, and Lewis had written written me some tickets, and he was in an old white comet with a windshield crust in on it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it was two days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a Win Dixie parking lot, and uh, he wrote the tickets, and the windshield that was caved in later came to play because he told me what it was, and. <clears throat> that was going to be one of the uh, victims yeah. that he ran over and killed and buried. That person's still unsolved, wow, unknown. But he told you he did it, and that, yes, and there was two of those. Right, but they were. He was going to settle the, the deal with me on those. But as we as we go through it, but anyway, up in the jail working, and you know, you just hear things about. Crimes is going yeah. on. They said they had a kidnapping, and uh, so I, I got a little bit, you know, bits and pieces about it because they didn't share anything. With if you worked in the correction side, you didn't know anything at all right. until they brought somebody to you. Right, right. They didn't share no information. Now, so anyway, I'm going and, and I hear that yeah, they uh, they had made uh, an arrest on the kidnapping of Mark Brewster and Debbie Clavis. Yeah. And it was Joe Vaccara and Robert Willie. I said, wow. So I continued on doing my job. They were in jail in Texarkana, Arkansas. Yeah. I think they arrested them in Hope, Arkansas. And Texarkana, Arkansas, the courthouse, if you cross one, one hall, you're in another state. That's right. The line runs down the yeah, middle. It's yeah. one of those nightmares, you know. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone 
is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro Pro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. So I was just off one day and I get a phone call to go to the, uh, if I could go to the district attorney's office and see the assistant district attorney. I said, man, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I said, I, I don't, the few cases I had that pretty right. much done. I, I said, Boy, I, so I get ready to go down there <clears throat> on my day off. You know, I walk in and I said, uh, I come to see uh, assistant DA Herb Alexandria. You know, they said, Right down this hall. So we walked down the hall, opened the big door, and there was a, about six people in there and Herb Alexandra. And I said, hmm, uh-huh. this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was a little bit nervous. Right, right. And I, I knew Herb. I knew one other person. I can't remember who all was in there, but they started introducing themselves. First one that walked up to me was Richard Newman. Who was a detective of Washington Parish Sheriff's Office? Great, great guy, and a real good police officer. And then to my right was Ronnie Pierce with the Louisiana State Police mm-hmm. uh, Detective Division. And then Herb, and I think Mike Bonador was the DA's office. He was in there. And just small talk they started. And uh, <clears throat> Richard Newman asked me, he said, Hey, we understand that you may be able to talk to uh, Robert Willie. Yeah, I talked to Willie. You know, we think he's responsible for the murder of Faith Hathaway, 
they found the body up there in Washington Parish. Mm. I said, yeah, you're probably on the right trail. <laughs> He's probably you good know? for yeah. it. Yeah. Because it all was going along with the Clavis kidnapping. Anyway, I said, yeah, I said, I could probably do that. Well, they went to and, and asked the sheriff if, <clears throat> if I could go to Texarkana and interview him. He said, no. <laughs> <clears throat> so they come back and said, the sheriff said you couldn't go. I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> so I went home and said, hey, what's your phone number? So they called me two days later and said, hey, will you go on your day off up there? I said, yeah, I'll go. I said, how are we going? So well, how fast you want to get there? I said, soon. I told them the date they wanted to go. I said, I got a fishing trip lined up in the morning. I'll make a trip. trip. Yeah. <laughs> so they set up the date. I met them in Washington Parish, and they flew us up there in the Louisiana State Police helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. It was myself, Richard Newman, uh, Ronnie Pierce, and then Big Mike Vonderbord got up in there somehow. I don't know how he got up in there with his big legs. <laughs> <clears throat> Walter Smith was the pilot. We flew to Texarkana and <clears throat> get to Texarkana and land. And uh, the FBI agents everywhere and state troopers. I said, wow. <laughs> so they pick us up and they swoosh us off, you know, here we go, yeah. over to the courthouse. And the big old room with big high ceilings, you know, right. just there's like four or five FBI agents. And look, you know, when you go in there to talk to them, you got to read them the rights. I said, we do that in Louisiana, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they said, you know, Richard Newman was talking to me before, we, and we just have a small talk, he and I. And he said, listen, he said, the sheriff, which is Willie J. Blair at the time, he said, gave me some expense money. And the sheriff said, if you get a confession out of these people, he wants me to go buy you a steak dinner, and here's a $100 beef. Hey. <laughs> and there's a de- Texas kind of deputy standing there by him. I said, hey, where's the best steakhouse in this place? <laughs> I think I'm about to get this. Make us a reservation. And then uh, <laughs> Newman said, you're kind of cocky, huh? No, it's positive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, Ronnie Paris, he just laughed. So they said, which one do you want to talk to first? I said, bring me Joe Vaccaro, which I knew Joe was going to, you know, Deny anything right, and everything. Right. That's what he did until you really got him caught. Right. Yeah. And uh, they had some pictures of the decomposed body. And they took him in there. This big room, it was big, high ceiling again, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a dungeon. Yeah. And uh, a little desk in the middle. <laughs> and uh, I'm talking to him. I said, Joe, you know, he said, he said, man, how you doing? He said, what you doing up here? So, you know, you know, you and Willie done left a trail, man. Oh, yeah. I said, uh, I come up here. I said, you know this girl? You ever seen her? No. His veins popped out in his neck. Right. No, nah, you know, I don't know nothing about it. We talked for a while. I said, so what do you think Willie's going to say when I ask him? He's going to say the same thing. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you back in here. But uh, I'm really not interested in what you have to say after this point. You know that. That's how it works. No, I don't know nothing about that. Okay, good. So he left. They bring Willie. And will he come in there? He said, Duck, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Just come check it on your Willie, see how you're doing. <laughs> and he lied to me, he said, Well, that's good. So he sat down. And uh, the deputy took the handcuffs off the front. I said, You can take them off the front. Just leave his shackles on. He, he can't run anyway. <laughs> and he stood outside the door. 
And he said, what's, what's going on up here? I said, I just come to talk to you. I said, you don't got yourself in a bad fix this time, didn't you, Willie? Yeah, man. He said, I'm just over here this time. They got me. He said, I said, well, what'd you do all that business for, man? What, what, what brought all that? Man, I don't know. We were just doing every kind of drug we could find or steal. Yeah. We just did it. I said, okay, all right. We just kept talking. He wanted to talk about truck driving, which is what he done. I listened to him. Right. I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm here for a reason. Yeah, I, I think I got a pretty good idea what that reason is. Yeah. I said, I laid those pictures out there. I said, you know her? Yeah. When I seen her, she looked a whole lot better. Mm. I said, well, imagine that, you know. You know, I had done read him his rights. You know, right. he signed them. He said, yeah, we'll talk. I said, you want to tell me about it? Uh, yeah, we talk about it. So we didn't have a tape recorder. Or nothing. We talked to Hulk, and he just went through the whole thing. At, they had picked her up at the uh, – she got in the truck with them voluntarily and, uh, at the Lake Theater Disco the Lounge in Mandeville. And <clears throat> they went riding, said they were smoking weed, and wound up at Fricky's Cave. A lot of people don't know what Fricky's Cave is, but Robert Willie knew Fricky's Cave very well because he frequented that place when he was driving the trucks, hauling gravel out of those gravel pits. Mm-hmm. So that's how he knew about it. And uh, so it went on, and he said, uh, we just rode around with smoking dope and doing this and that, drinking. And uh we took her up there to Freaky's Cave. I said, so the intentions was to take her up there and rape her. Well, we are going to take her up there and have sex with her. She said she was going to volunteer. I said, okay. <laughs> anyway, he said that they walked out in the woods and she was with them. I know they didn't drag her out there. She, she walked. They made her walk a considerable distance. And that thing had hills and caves. And, uh-huh. and he said they... Each one of them raped her, and then he was sitting on top of her, holding her hands, and Joe was stabbing her in the throat, and she was trying to, you know, slashing around. And I said, "Well, what did you say, Willie? Did you did you stab her?" He said, "No, I didn't stab her. Joe did that. Joe done all the stabbing. I held her." And uh, so he said, "I told her one time to behave." I said, "You're gonna tell somebody who's getting killed." Stabbed to death to behave, whatever, whatever. I'm gonna tell her, right? You know, crazy. I said, okay. I said, uh, so we talked more about what what y'all done, what they done. We well, we we knew she's dead, so we got in the truck and left. Huh. Had to get all the blood off of us and stuff. I think they went to his cousin Tommy Holden. Yeah, Tommy Holden was. Is where they wound up with uh, Debbie Quavis once we get to yeah. that part. Anyway, they done that. I said, well, look, we need to, let's get this pinned down on, on tape. All right. All right. Let's do it. I said, you, you ready to do this? Yeah. While they get all that ready, me and you talk. Okay. So I came out the door. The deputies in there with him. They was all standing there. He said, I need a tape recorder. He confessed to it. <laughs> or the FBI, he wouldn't even talk to us. I said, 
You're not dressed right, right. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I'm not going to do it. And I looked at Richard. I said, I said, got a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back in there. I think another 35, 40 minutes. Got his confession on his tape. I said, now bring that other clown back in here. Yeah. So we're sitting there. And I, the tape recorder right there. And I said, hey, I just got done talking to Willie. I said, uh, I got bad news for you. He confessed to y'all killing Faith Hathaway. Yeah. Nah, man, yeah, he didn't. I said, listen to that. I thought he was going to throw up. Uh, he said, no, I didn't I didn't stab her. He did. I said, uh, hold up, hold up. Let's, let me get another tape. So yeah. You can tell me all that tape. So we took his confession. Yeah. And that was that was it. Uh, so he, he blamed it back on. Yeah, he blamed it uh, back on naturally. Willie. He said, no, Willie. And, and I would not doubt the, even today that. Each one of them stabbed right, her, because right, right. Willie was was a knife man. Right. He really was, huh. and so we go go out. They they take them back, and I told Willie, I said, "Look, I'll be seeing you." He said, "All right." He said, "Take care, Doug." I said, "All right." I said, "You think anything else you need? Just you call the sheriff's office. They'll get a hold of me." Yeah. Okay. Well, they, we leave, and we go to the steakhouse and eat at the steak. <laughs> He in the state police helicopter and was flying back home. And uh, Mike Bonador, he agreed to stay and get the tapes transcribed right. and signed and all that stuff. I said, that's fine. And Bonador sat in there for a little bit. I asked him, I said, I said, well, I said Bonador wants to sit in here. He said, and he told me, so, who is that goofy son of a bitch? <laughs> I said, he's a, he's a detective for the DA's office. He said, Big dummy. <laughs> he said, if, if it's all right with you, I don't care. Uh-huh. I said, okay, that's fine. He's, he's going to sit and just listen. Hmm. So if he gets to aggravate you, know, just shut it down. Yeah. So he stayed in there. I think he asked a couple of questions, you know. And uh, But anyway, it worked out. We got the confession. We yeah. got what we went for. Yeah. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, Willie wasn't worried about you know, getting the death penalty, yeah, because he had three life sentences coming, right from the feds, yeah. You know, so anyway, it goes back on. He gets the feds; they jumped up real quick. And they gave him; he pled guilty. And they gave him three life sentences. Bam, bam, bam. Huh. Yeah, on the, on Debbie Quavis and Mark Brewster case. <clears throat> so, which in that in that case was just absolutely the the fact that they tied that. Yeah, tied him free, and, and you know and we, we talked about that case because see that wasn't my case. That was a Mandeville City Police case, mm-hmm. yeah. and I didn't venture off into that a whole lot because yeah. I didn't, didn't know what they had done, right. what they were doing. I knew that they was they charged Willie with it, and Willie told me, "Yeah, he's I done it." But yeah. He said they got me. Uh, it's uh, like so, now. So anyway, it, we we go on and we get back, and Willie got his time. And, um, I, I really didn't know a whole lot about the case still, yeah. even after they got back. I know the sheriff, uh, once he found out that it come out in the paper that I got a confession statement from Willie, he wigged out who took me up there and how I got there. Right. Yeah. And Sheriff Willie J. Blair, Washington Pass Sheriff's Office, called and said, I took him up there. I had him go with my guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And Richard Newman and Ronnie Pierce, a couple of we became really close friends after that, our whole career. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, That's pretty awesome. Newman, uh, he told me, he said, he said, you got it. He said, that's all I'd say. He said, look, you need to stay in touch. We will. So when it gets time to, for the trial, they had both of them at Washington Parish. I had to go get Willie and bring him from the feds to here. Yeah. I went and got him. I went and picked him up in Marion, Illinois. And I said, Willie, what you doing in Marion, Illinois? Oh, that's that's that security shit. <laughs> I said, he said they found me on the top of the building up in Leavenworth when I was up there. I said, imagine that. Yeah, trying to escape, huh? <laughs> you know, because Willie had escaped from our jail once yeah. when he jumped off the top of it. Really? really? Yeah, I didn't and, know that. and broke his ankle. Really? Him, matter of fact, him and about twelve others. Wow! And he was at a little grocery store up on Barker's Corner near there pool table and stuff that he, he frequently, he was a kid. Yeah. Well, the ladies, the people that owned it was really good people. Mr. Robert Weimer, and him, well, he told him, he said, hey, call the sheriff's office, tell him to send Donald Sharp out here. You need to talk to him. So I go out there, see what they want, and he's sitting in a chair drinking a Slits beer uh-huh. with ice on his broke ankle. Uh-huh. He said, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> And it's beer, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. You, so yeah I, I always said that I believe everybody should have to start out at corrections because you get to know the people that you're going to be dealing that's, with. That's the right. I, I knew a bunch of and, bad people. And, and that really helped me out a lot in my, in my career. Because you had the re- report. I mean, you're not in there punishing them for what they're in there for. Yeah. You, know, you, you treat them with respect. And, and you just run on the cheap right, restaurant. Uh, yeah, 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 the yeah, baby sitting on You take on their it. food right, to them. Right. You take their medicine to them. It's, right. It's a cheap restaurant. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you don't have to be a hard ass, and you, you establish that mutual respect, uh, obviously, like Willie had with you. Yeah. Right? Which, and when it was is, trustees, you know, they, they yeah. made trustee status. Uh, uh, that's a big deal, right? Now, would you make trustee Willie a trustee after you found out what he was really about? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that was the kind of people we were surrounded with with 30 trustees as a, yeah. as a working in the jail, the correction side. So anyway, they come back, Washington Parish Jail, it really wasn't fit to put a person like him in Joe Bacara. Yeah. So the sheriff, Sheriff Kenyulet, he was in office now, and I was I was back in patrol, and I— so when I had the trial, had both of them going on at the same time in Washington Parish, we'd bring him home to our jail every afternoon. Right. Him and Vicara both, we'd bring on separate units, and we had people, I was assigned to Willie. I said, but I, I can't be assigned to him when I'm testifying. You know? Right. So anyway, we do the trial. I remember that night at midnight, right up before midnight, they came back with the, uh, it didn't take them long. Uh, First degree murder on Willie, mm. and second degree murder on Joe Bacara. One juror, one held out on murder on him. Yeah. So we go back, put him in jail, <clears throat> do some things that we had to do, and then, uh, I think on this one here, he had to go back to Marion, Illinois, and shipped him back up there, and. And I, I said, well, that's the end of this. You know, it's over with for my part. Uh-huh. Go back to and about, I think it was about a, maybe a year. Sheriff calls me in the office. He said, look, I need you to go to Maryland, Illinois, and pick up Willie. 
I said, what, for what? He said, they uh, overturned the sentencing phase of his trial. Mm. Because of something one of the prosecutors said. I said, mm. so we just got to do the sentencing phase. I right. said, okay. He said, you need to go get him in the morning. Said, okay. <laughs> he said, the deputy sheriff from Washington Parish is going to go with you, like McNeese. So I picked him up, and we went. Got with him. He said, Duck, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. Get in, man. He put the cuffs on him. He got in the car, and away we went. You know. So we get there. We get, he said, bring him to our jail. I took him to St. Tammany. I said, look, I said, I'm going to pick you up, and I'll take you to Washington Parish, and then you're going to go back and forth every day, me and you. I said, all right, you're going to behave yourself, or I'm going to tie you up real good. <laughs> I ain't do nothing shit. So we was up at getting I had to sit there. Of course Debbie come and testified again. And as we waiting for the jury And that's it that's, didn't take long to go that's, back. That's so the listeners know that Debbie is the uh, surviving Right, the survivor right, De- right, Debbie right, Quay was right. and, and of course her and Mark Brewster both survived. Right, right. right. And uh we get into that. What, I'll tell you what Willie told me about that case too. He, he went yeah. through that whole thing with me. You know, what wow. they did. Anyway, we get there, and he said, <clears throat> "I said, Willie, I said, even in the jailhouse, they still know what's going on." Mm. I said, Willie, I said, I'm working a case uh, on Roxanne Sharp with the city police. He said, "Yeah, I know who killed her. He was in jail. Yeah. Don't make no difference." He said, "Perry Taylor." Killed her. That's his cousin. Mm. I said, "Well, I need I need something, right, to go to get up. Perry Taylor on, so I can get him to where I can jam him." He said, "Get us a." He, he said, "I don't want an Oscar Poe boy. That's what I want for lunch." <laughs> <coughs> I loved Oscar Poe boys. I went and got sent, sent, got one. They brought it. And he said, "That desk and eat it." I said, "Well, start talking while you eating now." Mm. He said, yeah, he said, Perry, me and Perry killed a, a guy. We met him in the tavern and got in his van with him to go buy some dope. And we took him out by the river by the power lines, which is where all the dopers used to go. And I knew that for a fact. He said, so, what, so you killed him. How you killed him? He said, we drowned him. He said, he was a big old song. He liked to drown me before we got him. Mm-hmm. I said, just like that. So they drug him and put him in the van, and they put him out, just left him in the woods under a big old tree. I said, when was this, Willie? He said, man, it's been a long time ago. It's been four or five years ago. I knew we never had found a body out there. Right. So he said, well, when we go back home, I'll, you just drive by there, and I'll show you. I said, you ain't walking through the woods with me, dude. <laughs> 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 no, we're not going to do it like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Weird things happen in this craziness. We pulled up to the sheriff's office, and it was late that evening. Everybody, all the detectives were leaving. I told one, I said, look, I said, going out here and look for a body that Willie told me that they had killed this guy over some marijuana. They started laughing. Yeah, you going to believe that? And they all left. And the sheriff said, what you going to do? I said, I'm going out here and look for that body. All right, go on. Take Willie upstairs, locked him up, put him in, he had his own cell cell, put him in the cell. I said, I'll be back. All right, you you'll find him. Go downstairs and this guy standing there, I said, Can I help you? He said, Yeah, well, real country action. He said, 
uh, yeah, I was just down here checking to see if y'all ever found anything on my brother who was went missing down here five years ago. I said, really? I said, his name was Dennis Hemby. I said, really? Yeah. No. I said, you going to be in town for a couple of days? Yes, sir. I'm going to be staying down there at the Holiday Inn. I said, I want you to check back up here with me in two days. Okay. I don't think any more about it. Right. We go out there, flat and I, we're walking through the woods. Walk, look, and there's a big oak tree about 100 yards off in the woods. I walked over there. There's a pair of cowboy boots sticking out of the straw in the grass. Right. Come on. Well, Nothing but a skeleton. Wow. And his belt buckle. Wow. That's crazy. I said, well, now we got to walk a half a mile right. to go get the radio for the yeah, police car. have cell phones yeah. back then uh-huh. and all that. Lat said, he said, you walk, I'll wait. So I go up there and call and told him what I had. Well, here they come, detectives and everybody. And the sheriff drove up. He said, y'all leave. You didn't believe him a while ago? You laughed at him? Right. Go home. Uh This is his case. Uh So we go out there. We got the crime lab come, picked up all the bones and stuff, and, you know, doing Doing what we're supposed to do with right. it, and uh, like I said, I've never been a detective, but I've been a police officer. Right, you know? right. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we go through this, and we we get this, all the bones to the crime lab, and all where he was laying the pictures, and uh, go back and say, "I bet you that guy that came here to the sheriff's office, you know, this is going to be his relative right here." That's crazy. So we was looking, we couldn't, we didn't have nothing. So we went to checking around. We asked him. The guy came back and said, did your brother ever go to a dentist down here? Luck has it. Yes. He said he had to go to a dentist in Mandeville. So we found him. We took the skull down there. The tooth that the dentist worked on was missing. Really? Huh. So we go back out there. We digging around where that skull was. And there it was. Come on. We got the tooth. That's crazy, man. And we, That's an unbelievable we story. Back, the, the, the lab people put it in the bag. We yeah. headed to that dentist. Oh, you said, That's it. His name is Dennis Hemby. Oh, my God, man. Wow, here we go. Wait, what are the chances that yeah. is people coming in At just the on the day that, 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 that Willie told you he that did? That was really yeah. what was the weird yeah. part. Of, you know, that, that was God. That gives me God vibes, yeah. So, I, yeah. We don't believe in coincidence. Right, yeah. all no, I always say there's no such thing as coincidence in a homicide. So we then, after that, we got him identified, and he was killed, like I said, five years prior to that. That's crazy, man. And so the chief of police in Covington, and I called him to him and said, look, I said, I got something to get Perry Taylor so we can jam him up on the Roxanne Sharp case, which was the city's case. Right. And he said, good. All right, Sharp. We get together. All right. Okay. And the sheriff told him, said, just work this case, you know, don't worry about your shift. They got enough people. I said, okay. So we go and get him identified, and the brother come back. And I told him, I said, look, we got you. We found your brother. He's dead. Yeah. He's been dead since for five years. Yeah. Okay. So and I said, what funeral home would you want to take him back to Missouri? Well, he said, well, we poor people. We don't have no money to get no funeral home. Can I just take him with me? Mm. I said, well, I don't know. I <laughs> so we asked the coroner's office. They gave him a slip to transport the body back. Come on. 
and it was in a box. I said, that's your brother. Oh, I appreciate it. He oh, put him on the back seat. Wow. And yes. took off to Puxico, Missouri. You just can't make that up. Just like that. <laughs> that is an amazing story. And I damn sure didn't know that the, the coroner could release the, the yeah, remains like that. He had to sign a paper so he could transform That's crazy. And it's, you think about how much money it saved the oh, family. I know. Too. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. So, anyway, I go back up there and I told Willis, we got it. Got him identified. He said, I said, what kind of vehicle was he in? He said, it was an old blue van. So we, we started doing some looking into it. Myself and John Bonnell, my partner who was killed, yeah. we recovered that van on a grass road not far from where the scene was, and it had a dent in the door. And we just said, yeah, we hit a pine tree with that old van. Uh-huh. He was sitting on a bucket driving it. Oh, <laughs> on. And on a bucket. The, but, you know, that van was his and it was in the computer but nobody ever went back and ran yeah. those vehicles back in right. the day to see if the van. they were just sitting there and he was a missing person case mm-hmm. and it was just sitting in a record yard yeah oh, be so, I crazy. Mean, for no reason you go out there and start running record right right right, 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 right. anyway you got that done and uh, got with the city police and got Willie down took a statement from him he still told me how they killed him. The Perry was a big heavyset guy. He sat, mm-hmm. he sat on him until he drowned him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got 10 bags of marijuana is what they got off of him. Huh. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. 
She was amazed at how much hormone harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. And Willie, Willie would kill you for dope. He really would. Yeah. yeah so, anyway, they go back, put him up in the jail. I said, uh, so we, the next day we, they go and we arrest Perry Taylor. Got him up in the, the covered in the police. Detectives and stuff doing their interview with him. He was denying it and crying and stuff, and uh, denying that uh, he killed Roxanne Sharp. Well, he, he still denied that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it rocked on. We booked him. He stayed in jail. His mother was his mother was Willie's aunt. Really? All right. So they were they were tied together. Like, yeah. That same little. Group of hoodlums, right? yeah, and so Willie was there. So we had to take Willie back to Marion, right. and the sheriff called and I said, "Won't you call and see if they'll let us keep him till we get some of this straightened out?" So the sheriff didn't say, "Yeah, you keep him. He's your responsibility." Right. So, so we told Willie, "Said you're gonna stay here for a while. We got to get all this business squared away." Yeah, okay. So we started talking, he and I, just small talk. And he said, uh, the reason he, he turned Perry Taylor in, because his best friend, Tommy, oh, I can't remember what Tommy's last name is, was that was his girlfriend. Yeah. It wasn't Tommy Holden, it was uh, Tommy Watson. Okay. That, yeah. that was one of Willie's buddies in a little small town. Time hooed him, too. Right. So anyway, I get that part. We never did get. Perry Taylor, he he never would own up to it, but I mean he was he was very close. But his lawyer walked in and said, "No, this is all stop." Yeah. Well, that that's the way it was. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I told Willie, "So you would testify against him in court?" Yeah. I said, "So my star witness is a kidnapping and a murder." Right. Right. You know that's <laughs> what we're looking at. The DA, yeah. DA's always said. I, I don't know about all this. <laughs> I said, well, he done admitted to everything he's ever done. Right. Yeah. You know, I said, he just wanted to get his business squared away and move on. I, said, I don't know. So anyway, they let Perry Taylor plead to 
a mass slaughter. They gave him 15 years. Yeah. He's still in jail, in and out of jail. He can't ever get straight. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was sitting there talking to Willie. I said, Willie, I said, you give me that one there. I said, uh, I need to talk to you about some more stuff. Let's do it. Uh, so, you know, we're just talking. So after talking to the sheriff, I said, the sheriff said, listen to me. If you're going to do this, you assign you're going to be assigned to the detective bureaus. I'm not a detective. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you assigned to them, but you answered to me. Okay, let's do that. So we had those old pagers, you know, that, and you yeah. got the message yeah. called yeah. the office. Right. So I, Willie was the only one in that jail. A whole year of my life I spent with him. Anytime he decided he wanted to talk to me, that gave him a phone. And he pays me. Yeah. Just went on, should go up there and talk to him, see what he wanted. And it was most of the time it was just small talk, but it was it started leading to other bigger cases. Things. Yeah. So I'm sitting there talking to him one day and I looked, I said, I said, Willie, you got a tattoo of skulls on your wrist. He said, Yeah. I says, That's people you kill? <laughs> You're pretty good, but you slow too. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him, I said, well, what is the center blank for? Because each one of them had a line touching them, jailhouse tattoos. Right? Right. He said, that one right there, he said, it's for the district attorney. I'm going to kill him and cut his head off in front of his kids when I get out. Holy shit. I said, what did he do to you, Willie? Well, he prosecuted Willie's mother. Oh. Uh, hating him. Give him. She gave him a ride. Yeah. And actually, she went to jail for a while. Yeah. Right. And that that done him. Right. He was. He still. He was, he died mad at that. Right. Because nobody messed with his mother. Wow. And uh, he said, "I'm gonna put his skull right there." Crazy. I said, "What makes you think you're gonna get out?" He said, "You never never know." So anyway, we go and we're talking about now we're talking about Lewis Wagner, which was a sergeant for the sheriff's office who was ambushed and killed. And we talked about that case and he said, Yeah, he said, he would give you things to go look up and find instead of just outright telling you because yeah. he was buying time right, not right, to go right, back to right. the federal penitentiary. Right. He's a, so I was working those cases that with Lewis and he told me he finally told me he said, Oh, Here's the people who killed Lewis Wagner. I was there, but I didn't pull the trigger. Mm. Well, we got all of the, the stuff that we could get, and they all, each, every one of them was indicted. And the district attorney said, your star witness is a convicted murderer yeah. and going to testify against these. I said, well, one of them's in the penitentiary, so... Let's go. I'm ready to gamble on it. I said, I believe he's telling me the truth because he wants to get all this stuff done, laid out on the table. Right. He's not He's not lying. He's telling the yeah. truth. Hey, you know, uh, the crimes like that aren't, you know, the witnesses aren't all church-going people, right? They're yeah. bad people yeah. know, most and, times. And yeah. So anyway, we, uh, we arrested those four. And it, it kind of... And the other two detectives with the sheriff's office, you remember the Henry Lee Lucas? Yeah. yeah. They had Henry Lee Lucas. He claimed he killed Lewis. And when that all came about, 
the district attorney told me, he said, I got to, I got to dismiss these charges because they're lying. They, they did this, they did that. This, there ain't no way we could take it through. And, and Henry Lee Lucas confessed to every Henry murder Lee from Lucas here to Canada. So that messed that one up. So anyway, Willie told me, he said, well, uh, you know, about the one with the white comet where the windshield was busted out. Mm-hmm. He said he ran over him because he stole the guy's dope and he ran over him and it was a dead-end road and it was a parish road and he came back out and the guy was standing in the middle of the road wouldn't move. So Willie ran over him. Mm-hmm. And it, when he, of course, the body flips. And it hit the windshield. Going through the windshield. Yeah. yeah. He just throwed him in the trunk and drove him somewhere. He said, he wouldn't tell me where. He said, I buried him. It can't be too far away. But I never did get the opportunity. And he said the other one that he killed was, it was a hitchhiker. He picked him up on the interstate. And the guy had three bags of marijuana. And I I believe that he's in a gravel pit somewhere in Washington Pass because he said it wrapped him up in a chain Mm. and took his marijuana. So Never found them, you know, so much you could do about it. Right. And we looked at all missing persons around, you know. That right. We, so, of course, a hitchhiker, a loner, is hard to right. get anybody. We know. Anyway, do that. One day I'm sitting, it's like two days before Christmas. I was with my wife, and we was at some of her, her uh, aunts in Covington. The pager goes off. I like, oh, man. Mm. So I called up there. Well, he said, hey, man, where you at? I said, I'm in Covington, man. It's two days before Christmas. So, yeah, I know it. He said, uh, you need to come on up to this jailhouse up here. They're fixing to have a damn jailbreak. I said, yeah, what? Yeah, they're fixing to go right now. I said, are you going? <laughs> no, I ain't going nowhere. When I pulled up to the sheriff's office, they was jumping off the building. They were uh-huh. running down the stairs. Uh-huh. They overpowered the deputies and all of them had them. I think there's about 16 or 17. I'm talking about bad people. Right. And we got them all except one. And I walked in there, and Willie was sitting there looking at me out of his cell. I said, why didn't you go? He said, they ain't killing me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said, I walk out that door, they're going to shoot me. They ain't even going to ask nothing. They'll shoot me. Right. I said, you may be right. Yeah. Maybe. So, you know, that was another thing that made me – Really believe that Willie's wanting to get his business straight right. you know, with me and with, right. and to tell people or somebody will know what he did. Yeah. Really how bad of a guy he was, but he wasn't that bad. He he was a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. So they do that. They do the job and we kept him there. <clears throat> and it got close to the end. I said, Willie, I said, I think we're fixing to have to take you back to up to uh up the country. Well, I know. I think so, too. I said, uh, so the sheriff told me, I said, look, I want you to take him back in two weeks. I said, we can't, we're not making any headway on these other two bodies. I know we'll, we'll work on it eventually. He'll come get me again. So we took him back to Marion, Illinois. And Faith Hathaway's mother and stepfather, I mean, they, they were, they were persistent. You hear me? Mm. They, anybody who would listen, they wanted Willie kill. Mm, they yeah. wanted him kill. Right. And it, it was a fact that Ronald Reagan was the president. They would call that White House. We want you to turn Willie loose and give him to the state. And that went on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> they called once a week. Wow. And they would come see me and say, oh, 
you got to help us get him back down here. So Vern, they were both getting old. Vern, I said, Vern, I said, I don't know what to tell you, man. I can't, ain't nothing I can do. I said, he's got to serve his federal time or they have to turn him loose and then we'll get him. Yeah. All right. I'm sitting there one, six, seven months later, eight. <clears throat> Sheriff called me and said, hey, I need, about eight o'clock, I said, uh, come in my office. I need you to go to Marion, Illinois and get Willie. I said, what now? He said, they turned him over to the state. Uh, Ronald Reagan signed the paperwork. They signed. Come on, man. Turning Willie back over I to the state. I didn't know about that part. Wow. And it was a lot of, you know, high-powered meetings that went on. Right. I think what they said, the sheriff told me that Reagan wanted assurances that the state was going to do what they're supposed to do. Right. Sure. I said, I go get him. Uh-huh. Said, you got to be there before 7 o'clock tonight. <laughs> So I called him old buddy Lat. I said, come on, let's go. We're going to get with you. I pulled up to Mayor in Illinois. He was in the lobby. They walked him out there. He had a little bag, a pair of boots on. And he looked at me and said, Duck. He said, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I said, we're going to Louisiana. Uh-oh. I had some papers I wanted him to give him, so I gave him them. He said, you know, I can't read that. I said, well, I got another set up there. We'll read it out loud while we're traveling. So we took off. And I just told him in jest what it was. He said, they're fixing to kill my ass now. That's exactly his, what's his words. He said, they're going to kill wow. me. He said, I thought I was protected, but evidently I wouldn't. Yeah, uh, see. So we get back home. We bring him back to St. Tammany. And he and I had a lot of talks in between the time that he had to go to Angola there. And... Never, we never did. He never would give up those bodies. He was hoping that that would extend his life. Play, you know? Playing, uh, uh, I told him, I said, Look, I'm at a dead end, man. I said, I, you got to give me something to get the dogs off of me. I said, Look, I, I, I keep you alive as long as you're giving me what I need right. to help me and help the people solve these this, these issues that you've caused. Yeah. Well, I own. So I think it's about two months later he went to Angola. I think if you go back and look, I went to Angola to see him when he was on death when he was in the death house. Right. Right before they done it. Yeah. Walked in, he said, Hey Doug. Hey bud, how you doing? He said, Shoot, I ain't doing good. <laughs> yeah. He said, They they finna get me. Yeah. I said, I believe they are. I believe you're done. Yeah. He said, uh, I said, Willie, all that stuff you told me, all the information you gave me, is that true? Yes, sir. Every bit of it. I just wish I had enough time to tell you where them other ones was. <clears throat> but we're just going to leave it as it is. He said, Louisiana's going to kill me. I said, yeah, they are. I can tell you they are. Yeah. In about three days, probably. He said, why don't you come? I said, no, you got to get on that list way ahead of time. I didn't go. Uh-huh. I said, I'm not going over there. Anyway, I left. I said, well, Willie, I said, uh, this is the end of the road for us, huh? Yeah. He said, I'll see you around. Uh, wow. I left. I think he was, Willie was executed, one of the fastest ones in the state of Louisiana, six yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, he was executed. That's fast. Yeah. So, but you, you go back to when he was talking to me about Debbie Cuevas, about the kidnapping, of course, that case was wrapped up and done. And uh, he just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I asked him one day, 
I, I said, Willie, I said, let me ask you a question about when you kidnapped those people. He said, man, we was on drugs so bad. We didn't even know what we were doing. But I knew one thing. We done kidnapped a pretty one. Pretty mm-hmm. one I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And they put him in the trunk and her in the car. And they went <clears throat> over to Alabama to the first yep. exit, right to Foley. Yep. And went out in the trees in the median there. They tied him up and shot him and cut him back across his neck. They thought he was dead. Yeah. Go back, come back, and of course they raped Debbie and all this grass. They come back. She, she was, she's the reason she's alive today. Yeah. The way she finally took this and said, she she tell him, she tell Willie a couple times, no, you you not either. Well, they got back to Covington. They went to his cousin, Tommy Holden's house. Yeah. Well, Tommy Holden and Joe Bacaris said, well, we got to kill her. Let's go ahead and kill her and get this over with. Willie said, oh, no, hold up, boys. Ain't killing her. Hmm. Ain't happening. And then I asked Willie, I said, that was the only person right there that was going to be a witness against you. I know. So why didn't you kill her? And he sent a statement. He said, Duck. She was just too pretty to kill. Um, that man. was what he told me exactly. Crazy. It's on tape. She's too pretty to kill. Crazy. So wow. When they took her to <clears throat> not far from her home in Madisville and let her out of the car. Yeah. They were on the run then. Yeah. So And and he was alive, still alive. Uh, uh I can't remember his name. The in Alabama, yeah, went back and well, well, back yeah, that, he and was see, I wasn't involved, but right. I found out later that once they did find out when, when with Debbie, uh, when she got home and she they called the police and you know and, and it, it really everything started happening a lot faster because right. even she told me when we her and I were visiting, she, we're going to have another visit. She told me a lot of things that she didn't know. She said, well, I want to know about the behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. So I'll have to come back, and we'll just have to have dinner again. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and it, I haven't seen her but a couple times since all this happened. When she wrote the book, dead, Forgiving the Dead Man Walker, yes. she brought it to my office and signed it and laid it on my desk. I was out of the office, and I come back, and she said, the lady brought this, out. Uh, and I didn't even get to see her. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great book. I don't know if you read it or not. Yes, sir. It's, it's awesome yeah. book. Yeah. So when you start reading, you can't put it down. So anyway, uh, just things that she didn't know. Because, you know, a lot of times we as police officers do things, that, what happened to you? And yeah. you tell them. And we never go back and sit down when it's all finished and say, look, this is how this whole case right. evolved. Yeah. She doesn't understand today right. how that went. Uh, how the vaccines, the things went. So that's something that we're going to talk about. You know, yeah. when I go back up there. I love that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she, she, it's amazing. It. she just wants to, to do it. She's, you know, it's something she's done put behind her. She's done great with her life and her husband and her two kids. And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. She's awesome. Got out of college amazing. She's um, selling real estate now. How yeah. about that? Yeah. And, you know, how close were you in age with Robert Willie? With Willie? Uh, I think Willie and I were about seven years apart, yeah, know, something like that. He it just strikes me just from hearing you talk about it and, and the research that I've done. It it seems like 
for he saw he almost had sort of a well he had a mad respect for you All right uh, and, and, and you that's yeah someone that didn't have respect for many no he, much. he he didn't he didn't respect nobody but yeah he 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 and I never got crossed bad right. I mean I arrested him a couple of times right yeah and I told him. He, I said, "Look, well, you do what I tell you, and you'll be fine. You don't. You know what's going to happen." Yeah. He said, "I know. I know what you do." <laughs> and it was like the time sitting in the chair, he broke foot after Jake escaped right. from the jail. Yeah, he got slits. He said, "Can I finish my beer?" I said, "Yeah, drink it quick. Let's go." Yeah. Put these handcuffs on. So yeah, yeah. Wow. But on other times, you know, that dealing with him, you know, I, even like when he was in the jail, I, I treated him with respect. Right. I told him, I said, you can, if you don't show me the same amount of respect, you and Joe Vicar, any of you convicts, you're going in the back. Right. And I guess that's really where it started. And plus, when we was, he was young, he used to come when I was driving the truck before I went to work at the sheriff's office. He always wanted to, to go with me in the truck. So I said, no, yeah. you, you can't do that. My insurance won't let me do that. Right. Yeah. He said, well, you know I can drive. I said, yeah, you're 15 years old. Yeah. You ain't even have a driver's license, you know. <laughs> But eventually he got his license and did what he wanted to do. I mean, he couldn't read them out, so he couldn't go nowhere but to the yeah. gravel pits and the, the cement plants and the metairie and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, strictly by memory. Yeah. You know, he couldn't read an exit sign. And he just knew it was that's where you get off. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, crazy. So, I mean, what, what about uh, Sister Helen Prejean? Did you ever have ever I, I never met Sister Helen Prejean. I know she said that Willie read the Bible a lot. Willie might have looked at the Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. It would take Willie a long, long time to read one sentence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he signed most of his uh, right when you read him his rights and stuff and different forms. He signed it with an X. Yeah. You know, and if he did try to write his name, you couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. So, but you know, I, sister, sister Helen Prejean was over there talked to him and that. I don't know how that even became about, you know. I mean, I I, I read the book and I watched the movie. Yeah, I can tell you, <laughs> this is a funny part. I went to see that movie. Yeah, and my wife and I we went, and it was right after uh, me and one of my deputies got in a shootout, and we were both shot. Yeah, went and seen that movie about three weeks later. I said. In the theater, and when Sean Penn's picture popped up on the screen, I just hollered, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he looked just like Ron yeah. no yeah. kid. Yes, he could have yeah. been his twin brother. Really? Oh, yeah. That little pointed nose. Yeah. I'm wow. I said, my wife said, "Shut up!" You're in the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, wow. That, that, That's interesting. He just like him. Wow. And I got I got some of the pictures when Willie was with his his mugshot profile. Yeah. I can yeah. tell y'all. I get that stuff dug out. I don't have a problem with bringing it over. Yeah, I'd love yeah. that. It'd be awesome. Yeah. And he, uh, the, the respect to the end. I mean, when you saw him in the death house, he was like, why don't you come on and watch him? Yeah. That's, that's, that's that was what he wanted. But I said, no. I said, look, I, <clears throat> I'm not on that list. Yeah. I'm not going to do but that. I was just saying that, that for him, that's the last communication he had. He, he wanted you that's to exactly see right. be executed. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Man. Well, and it and it's interesting. It you know, for me, okay, I've, I'm sitting here across from two people that in their police law enforcement experience, you know, the execution of of two horrible uh, people happened. You with obviously uh, 
your people and and you with uh, Gerald Bordelon. Gerald Bordelon, and uh, you know that's that's unique, and, and just have mad respect for both of you right, for. Right. I justice. We can got, got to get you back to. Um, I got to get you on my other show. Where I'm gonna I tell you all the Texas stories. And he's you good. Get, <laughs> you, a lot of, and then I, I'm not disrespecting because I, I call myself an old cop. A lot of old cops have all the stories, but not many of them can tell a story. Right. You sir can tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, have you, the gift. Or you, I, you know, the thing about yeah. I lived this story. That's right. Uh, yeah. And that's what a lot of people say. You need to write a book. Cause I don't know how to write no book. Right. <laughs> I said, how about I just sit and talk to you about it? Yeah. And a lot of people, we talk about a lot of things. He says, I came to work at the sheriff's office at the end of the old Dixie Mafia. Right. Yeah. They that's were all in our jail. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. I was right. They, were, they was all up in that jail, yeah. St. Tammany. Yeah. And what didn't get killed. Right. You know, right. And, well, yeah. in the in that big case out of Biloxi with the uh yes. you remember that? Yes indeed. Yeah. Yes, sir. I was I was just and then the, the gypsy count robbery in St. Tammany where they robbed a gypsy count. Yeah. With Kirk C. Nicks, that bunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was yep. that the, was going to an end, and you know as well as I do that Dixie Mafia is the reason that they started ROCIC, right, right, to keep track of these moving criminals. That's, That's right, criminal And Wallace Ladd was a chief yeah. deputy of St. Tammany yeah. Parish for forty years. Yeah. He was very instrumental in getting that yeah. ROCIC thing up and running. Yeah, That's crazy. And Kurt Nix, of course, he he was a strip club. Didn't he own a bunch of strip clubs in Biloxi? Yeah. And he was part of the reason, you know, the casinos came to Biloxi, and yeah. a lot of people were trying to stop that, and the Dixon <clears throat> Mafia was instrumental in getting them there, uh, some people say. Walter Barnett was part of that group. I don't know if you knew him or not. I, I and he's out of prison. Yeah. He, he beat three life sentences. He wow. just got out recently, and he was Robert Willie's cousin. Really? Wow. He's living in Minnesota somewhere. Hey, do you know, I uh, just hit my head, that the, there was a statement on, on Willie's daddy in, in Angola uh, no. saying something about, about he's a rat, they need to kill him anyway or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know anything about that? When, when his daddy came out of Angola, came yeah. home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and he shot two people? Yeah. He shot him at a barroom. Yeah. He shot him at... Just you can't make that kind of bad blood. No, yeah, he he got out of penitentiary. Yeah, and the person, the bar that he was at was Carl Bennett, Robert Willie, Daddy, shot Carl Bennett and his brother, and killed the brother, and Carl lived. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and he was at that bar. In the parking lot, I, and, and I don't know what spurred it all. I happened to be off that night. And uh, there was two guys fighting, and Willie pulled out it was overalls, an old pistol, and started shooting at them. And he shot two of them. Wow. And everybody else crawled under cars and he stuff. Wow. And he left. For no reason. He just shot them because they was fighting. It's all that. It's all they it's just, know. Yes, in all a, they know. Grain. And they, That's like, how they the, deal with the problems. So you know, sure. Every parish has a certain group of families like that. You know, that yeah. the outlaws. Hey, would you come on, on my other show? Real life, I, real crime. The, 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 and, and we can edit this out. But the um, being shot 
And I, I know it's got to be hard to talk about your partner and got killed. No, it ain't very hard at all. Cause uh, look, you know what? I think, the way I look at it is, yeah. we went home and he didn't. Right. Yeah. And I think, but to get to memorialize, uh, put just like with you doing your memories on Willie, yeah. you know, the your partners and and whoever else that I, I think as a yeah. as a cop when we can yeah. sit down and talk about those, I, I think that'd be fire. I do too. And and, and important, like you said. Yeah, no, you, you know, most most gunfights in law enforcement go three feet, right, three right, seconds. Right, right, right. This one started at three feet yeah. and went to 20 feet, went to 50 feet, yeah. and went for 52 seconds and yeah. 16 rounds fired. Wow. Crazy, man. <laughs> 52 seconds is yeah. like 52 <laughs> minutes. That's a long like 52 time. 52 hours. Yeah. 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 Sure. Well, we thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Uh, it's been an honor for me. It was, a, it was a real honor for me, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate it. Is this, yeah. is this good enough for you? Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Great. I, we didn't say a word the whole time. <laughs> it could, you know why? Because you were that good. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, shit. And I'm like, listen to this cat roll with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate you, man. Uh, well, thank yeah. y'all for showing the interest in it. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? Hey, it's a story. And right. Some people may like it. Some people may not. Yeah, well, you know I what? I guarantee you they'll all is, like it. If, <laughs> if this isn't the greatest episode we've ever done, I don't have no reason to lie about ass, it because right. Willie was Willie and I was myself, you know. And that's it. Yeah. Well, the steak dinner was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I was going <laughs> to ask you. You earned it. Yeah, yes, indeed. And get to fly in the, in the, in the state police helicopter back then. That was a big deal, too. Yeah, yeah it yeah. really was. Yeah. It really was. And uh, I, 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 let me put this at the end of it. We, yeah. were, right. we were coming into Texarkana, the airport, and I'm looking over to my left, and we're coming in like this. And Richard Newman still laughed about that. Boy, he passed away a while back. Richard was a great Sorry, guy. Yeah. And he still laughed about that to, to the end. He said, I looked over and I said, Walter, what you going to do about this guy over here, this blue eyes and this plane over here fixing to run over us? He went, shit. And we done a nose dive. Right. Yeah. What happened is that the air traffic controller gave us clearance to land at the same time he gave that twin yeah. engine system. Oh, wow. And Richard, <laughs> he laughs. He said, blue eyes, I'm sure. I said, that's what he got. <laughs> <laughs> he was like that close. He, when, he, had blue when eyes. he landed that helicopter, we had to wait on him because he went to that control tower. Yeah, yeah. He had the red ass. You know, he was walking across there with that state police uniform, and one of them Arkansas troopers was running on the side of him. He said, uh, I'm going up here. And you could see him in the tower. Tearing him up. God, he's yeah. repping him. Wow. <laughs> but it, that was you just see, yeah, that's, You can't make it up. And, then, <laughs> oh, and that had been lost in history. Hey, y'all got killed in that. <laughs> Willie the guy off on all of yeah. yeah. Willie might have been uh, he might a be choir walking boy. The yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. He might be walking the street. Appreciate but you coming on. Thanks, thanks so much, much. Okay. And, and uh, you tell your daughter, uh, yes. you said thanks. And look, when, when uh, um, I don't know if you'd be interested or not, next time we do a live show or, or whatever, yeah, we'll, we'll get y'all's tickets and stuff and if you want to come oh yeah she, it, she'd love that and, she, and, she and, listens to, she listens to y'all a lot yeah, and, and, and I told her, 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 her you know I said I got my little deal in the morning she said I know and, and well I said I'll tell him you said hello absolutely yeah. absolutely alright well alright until next time I'm Jim Chapman um Woody Everton your host of Bloody and Goa podcast 142 years in the making complete story of America's bloodiest prison peace good job
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.